It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. You can find Blackballed on The Ringer NFL feed. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Hey guys, welcome to Morally Corrupt here on the Ringer Reality TV feed. I am Chelsea Stark-Jones, and today I'm joined by the extraordinary, the amazing, the well-tapped-into-everything Bravo, Zach Peters. Zach, I missed you. How's it going? I missed you, Chelsea. I'm good. I'm teething right now with my new Invisalign, so I may sound a little (laughs) funny, but other than that, I'm alive and thriving. Well, alive. Alive. I think you're thriving, Zach. You you got a new puppy. You got you 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 got everything going for you. Yes. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> well, today we are going to talk Vanderpump rules, but we're also going to talk about Watch What Happens Live, which may have been one of the weirdest yet most entertaining episodes of Watch What Happens Live I've ever, ever watched. Best episode in all 14 years. Yeah. It was. I was not expecting Schwartz to say as much as Schwartz did, but... I wasn't expecting Andy to ask as much as Andy did. I know. I thought he'd save it for the reunion, but here we are. We got some tea spilled, I guess. I don't know, but we'll we'll get all into that after Vanderpump. And then we're also going to talk about Summer House a little bit. And Zach, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Summer House this season because I am lost. I am trying to figure out Danielle, I'm really trying to understand Danielle's POV with the Lindsay Hubbard of it all. And it's, I I would really like to dig into that and see what your thoughts are there too. So we have a lot to get into. So let's just dive into it. Vanderpump season 10, episode nine, Forbidden Fruit. Fitting title. I mean, this is a fitting title for the season as a whole, Forbidden Fruit. But we open where we left off with the whole welcome party thing. And the only thing that really stood out to me here was Tom's words to James. Sometimes real power is having the power to do something and not doing it. And Mm. in this moment, I thought, Sandoval, why don't you take your own damn advice? Like, why are you sleeping with Raquel? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's so hard because I'm watching this episode with the context of also knowing the info that we found out on Watch What Happens Live. But it's just like he that's the thing with Sandoval is he has this moral superiority where he thinks he's, you know, wise and can share all of this wisdom on on all the other Vanderpump Rules cast members without like realizing that or I guess he realizes it. But I guess it's a deflection to hide yeah. from his shady deeds. Yeah, it definitely is a deflection. And it, it's I'm for once like I'm just happy to see him being exposed for who he is. I've never liked Sandoval. So hearing this like like sleazy guy talking about like having power it's not doing something like gosh 
cry me a river. But then we get into, as the welcome dinner is going on, we get this Katie and Tom dinner, which was to celebrate the Bubba's closing of their house. (laughs) I mean, who predicted this to go well? Like, just the the, the fact that we're exes and we're going through a divorce and we just sold our house, like, that's going to come with so many mixed emotions and, like, it was never going to end well. Never going to end well. However, it did start well. It started off very well. You know, Tom goes to the hostess stand in a suit and I believe Adidas slides. Very Awful. fitting for him. <laughs> Awful, but very fitting for him, I guess. It's yes, it was strange. <laughs> and I hate that he still calls her Bubba or Bub now that it's they're, Bub, you know, because that's, that's the, the platonic more platonic version. Mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. But like, I just know, like, you don't get to have pet names anymore. Like, I think he's still failing to accept that the relationship is officially over. Officially over, yet he is still choosing to move within friendship how he did while in the marriage. So he says to her, now that we're divorced, I've been taking your side more, Katie, than I did when we were married. And not a good thing. Not a good thing, but also just not true. (laughs) And also not true. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sitting there. I was like, wait, but like two episodes ago, you tried to get her to give up her root. Like you, you're not taking her side. I want an example of when you've taken her side ever. Yes. And Katie felt the exact same way. And after he said that, like everything goes downhill, she rightfully points out that, you know, you're not even very close to Brock and you chose to take his side over the hotel room thing before you took my side or even try to understand my side. Tom says that he, (laughs) excuse me, Tom says he has been a great husband to Katie. And that is when I when almost literally choked when. on my water and i felt so bad for katie in this moment because it was just like who, it was one of those moments where you just don't like want to look at the camera and be like is he fucking for real like seriously <laughs> and the thing is he is like he really believes like he was a good husband and he still has her back but it's just like he has no but it's so interesting because then we see katie in the confessional and the producer asks her like why do you think he never has your back and she's like i think he loved me but i just don't think he ever really liked me and that and like, was that's so, so sad. And, yeah. it's like, and you understand the divorce now, but it's also like, it's so sad, not even for the breakup, but just for how she felt in her own marriage. Yeah, it was, it was that like made me really sad for her. And, and she's not even likable, but like, I, actually, we have I, a soft spot. <laughs> I enjoy Katie and I enjoy her craziness, but I know she's not like one of the more likable cast members on the show. People hate Katie and she's, let's be honest. I like her because she's a bitch, but like, she's not a likable person. She's, you know, kind of gripey and, you know, loves to have a, a moral superiority herself. But like, we really, I feel like I'm really feeling for her this season because we see her go through this heartbreak and we're finally understanding why she broke up with Schwartz. And she's trying so hard to still have a good relationship with him and he still doesn't know how to respect her boundaries yeah i i'm gonna stand up for my girl katie i really like her i think she's great love to love to kiki and gossip and be mean with her sometime but you know i agree and it's just it it's when he said that he's been a great husband and, and another thing that they don't really talk about on the show this season is his infidelity within the relationship And we see, I'm seeing a lot more play out online and in podcast episodes, like where it's, so I'm also curious, like, I want to hear Schwartz talk about that. Like, why did you cheat on your wife so many times? And like, on top of never defending her, having her back and like making her feel alone within your marriage, like you also stepped out on her. Well, he says he's just a makeout slut. He only made out with 50 other women. (laughs) Don't ever give me that excuse. <laughs> He's like, you, I didn't fully cheat. I just made it. I just, I'm a makeout slut. I'm like, you what? look like, at someone the wrong way. And I consider that infidelity. <laughs> like, do right? not, do not. <laughs> um, but yes. And then he, another thing that he says in, in, in his way of taking up for Katie, he says that Katie started all this stuff with Sheena and Raquel, that he was, that she was the, uh, what did he say? Like not instigator, but that she was the one that, I mean, started it all. And that's me also was just bullshit because it was Sheena that took this, took it to her podcast and discussed it and whatnot. And so for him to say that Katie was the one to kickstart it, it, like really shorts, like where, where are you? 
Yeah, Katie's not the one. I mean, I I get her being upset with Sheena, but I feel like Katie and Tom were very clear about what the boundaries were when mm-hmm. they decided to separate. And they mm-hmm. outlined that and they had the rule book and they're like, okay, these are the things. One of the rules and in mutual respect is to just not sleep with anybody else in the friend group. Not a hard rule. They Go on Tinder and you can find 50 other women to make out with and more. Like now you're single, you can have your fun. But the rule is to not hook up with anybody in the actual group and I feel like he totally you know he's like so her I can see where he's like oh well Katie you're the one that started this but it's like no you guys made an agreement together and she's just holding you to your word and Mm -hmm. that's that you're not going to play this game with people in the friend group and here you are disrespecting that rule and then still expecting to have a good divorce story. Yeah, it's just not acceptable. Katie starts to cry and then eventually she just gets up and gets up and leaves. Schwartz continues to eat his dinner. I did appreciate the comic relief of the waiter coming in when they're in the middle of this fight and like bringing their food and it just like kind of like eased the tension a little bit. But after dinner, Katie's texting Christina Kelly. Do you ever just call her Christina? Just out of curiosity. Like I have to call her Christina Kelly. She's Christina Kelly. That's her, (laughs) her, her full first name is Christina Kelly. Oh, it is? No. It was first and middle. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> it is in my head, though. Yeah. So Katie tells Christina Kelly, get back to the room. I had the worst dinner ever with Schwartz. And as Katie's giving, you know, Christina Kelly the like the dirt on what just happened, they get a mysterious knock on the door. I was like, who could this be? Never in my wildest dreams that I think it'd be Raquel. And as Raquel walks no. in, never in my wildest dreams that I think she was going to deliver the message that she did <laughs> poorly. <laughs> she delivered it poorly. So bad. But she's like, so done. don't get me started on Raquel. I've disliked <laughs> Raquel since day one. And I feel so vindicated and validated. And I knew there was a reason I didn't like her. You sound like she's Lala. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but she very scaredly says to Katie that her and Christina are not allowed to be in the preferred pool at the hotel and that Sheena would really appreciate if they did not go there because they are not there for the wedding. And in that moment, I just had to laugh. (laughs) You know, in Katie's head, she's laughing. She's like, what is this dumb little girl trying to come up here and try to tell me where I can and cannot go? First of all, she's like, it's because you didn't book in the preferred whatever. And then she's like, well, I booked in the wedding block. So like, yeah, I think I should be included in whatever the preferred places are. And like Raquel could have like any normal person had they actually been instructed to do to do this. But of course, Raquel doesn't catch a joke. But had any normal person delivered this message, you could she could have made it seem like, oh, this will be beneficial for both of us. We don't have to run into each other. It doesn't have to be awkward. You guys get to enjoy your vacation. And then Sheena gets to have her day. And there's no drama. We know you guys don't want drama. We don't want drama. Can we just keep the peace so that we all have fun this weekend? Clean, simple. Bring her a glass of champagne. I don't know, something to just know that this isn't going to land well. But like, she's just, first of all, she delivers it so timidly. And (laughs) and like, just doesn't even understand what she's telling Katie either. No, she doesn't understand what she's saying. And to your point, later on, Sheena says, I totally intended that as a joke. I did not mean for her or want her to go up there, but more power to her for doing so. But I also love that she like went to Sheena's like, I did it. And I told her (laughs) this, which is the same thing she did at boys night when she's like, and Lala came up to me and I told her I too bad. Oliver doesn't want you. And he chose me. And Lala just like laughed at her. Like because in the moment, she's so timid and shaky. But then when she relays the stories to other people, she's like, I told her off totally misrepresents what really happened. (laughs) And and yeah, you know, personally, if I were tasked to do that, I think I would have maybe just have sent a text message, like going up to Katie's room, which we know was very far away from everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. And making that trek (laughs) to go there for five minutes or less to say you're not like, I would have just... Even making the effort to find out what room she's in. Yeah. like I'm sure she didn't know. Katie wasn't advertising what room she was in. She was just in a different tower. So Raquel had to actually ask somebody what room Katie's in so that she can actually show up to Katie's room. 
Yeah, it's a whole lot of mess. And it was something that I wouldn't have done. And I wouldn't even say it was good TV. Like I did not enjoy watching it. It was it, it was silly. I enjoyed watching it because she was like <laughs> shaky. And Katie was just like, what are you even doing here with her glass of wine? She's like, you don't even realize the dinner that I just had. Like the last thing I want to see right now is you. The timing was impeccable. Um, the next day, though, is the bachelorette bachelor party day uh, where the guys split up and the girls split up. Up and they do their own thing. The guys do a pool party at some pool club or whatever. James's description as to what it's like being around Brock and his friends was pretty accurate. It was hilarious <laughs> and accurate. It was. It was, I mean, I guess everything you would expect like a bachelor party to be in with like an Aussie twist, but it was just like weird that they had his face in drag on like their crotch. Like it was all <laughs> like, it was so extra. And even James, who's like so gay is like, this is a little bit much for me. Uh, yeah. Would you have worn the the Speedos with, with Brock's face? I don't the like Speedos. Area? I feel like Speedos are so, I would be like Schwartz and I would double up just because I feel like it's so awkward to like be on display like that. I hate Speedos. <laughs> Yes, and they were prancing around in the Speedos. And, you know, Schwartz was awkwardly trying to flirt with some girls, which, again, like, it's funny to watch knowing that he cheated on Katie throughout their whole relationship. And so why are you now that you're single, you're afraid to talk to girls? Stop. Like, it's 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 showing fake. You're being fake to me. Like, chill. Yeah, no. And then during the girls' day, which looked like a nice boat day on a catamaran, um, Sheena took 20 of her closest gals and they hung out. Lala pulls Ali aside. And I thought this was a nice conversation. Did you think in any way she was attacking James in this conversation or was she just trying to be a girl's girl and like support other women type of a thing? I think she was trying to be a girl's girl because I think she genuinely cares for James, but she mm -hmm. also knows how reckless James can be. So she's warning Allie that like, listen, this very quickly can go south and I just want you to be aware of it so that you prepare yourself and kind of navigate your expectations with him. I think she was just trying to do her a solid. You know, she had been there with Randall. She'd saw Raquel go through it with James. So, you know, I think at this point in time, she just wants to help other women. She supports other women. Yeah, I thought it was a sweet conversation. And and Allie is, I think, like 24, 25 years old. She's a young girl and being thrown into not just a really <laughs> crazy relationship with James, but like also this new Vanderpump Rules lifestyle where you're on television and there's cameras and everything's explosive. So I thought what she had to say was coming from a good place and heartfelt. And I don't know how Allie communicated that to James, but, you know, James being James <laughs> took some digs and <laughs> might have misinterpreted it the wrong way and felt like Lala was coming for his relationship. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it that way either. And I also feel like maybe when she relayed that info to James, maybe she was fanning the flame just a little bit because he had such a, a big reaction. And I feel like what was the need in telling him that? Like I talked to Lala, we had a good conversation. Like we didn't need to like make it seem like she was coming for their relationship. Yeah. Because she was really just trying to do a girl, a girl's girl. You know, she was trying to do her a solid. Yeah. And now Sheena... I guess that night, which I guess the boat, they met at 930 to do the boat thing. I don't know. It seems like a lot of events in one day, especially with so much drinking. Yeah, you're plastered the entire time. And who wants to be plastered for like a whole day before your wedding? Like I was just watching her drink and I'm like, she's going to be so bloated and puffy on her wedding day. Yeah, that's something I'm concerned about. <laughs> Where it's just like you want to celebrate with all the people that you love for as long as you can. But like you also have to be mindful of, of the drinking and the sun and all of it. It seems like a lot. But after the the bachelor bachelorette day they in the evening have a white party which looked like a lot of fun it seemed like it was at, it was at the resort it was at the hotel and everyone that was going to be at the part of the wedding was there and katie and christina kelly decide to go to dinner and coincidentally ended up at the restaurant that was overlooking the party do you think this was intentional not intentional on their part, but definitely okay. the producers setting this up for this moment. Because <laughs> yeah. they needed permission to film in the restaurant 
anyway. So they're like, okay, Christina and Katie and Lala, this is where you're going to have dinner tonight. And then they get there and they're like, oh, it happens to be the exact restaurant right next to Sheena. Yes. And Lala was dressed in her white, but I don't know if she intended to go to the party afterwards or what, but she did sit at dinner with them seemingly the entire time, and which I, I loved. And I, you know what? I think she even said, you know, she has too many damn events. We have the welcome dinner. We have the white party. We have the bachelorette bachelor party. Like there's so much going on. Like she could spare me for one night. Like let me have dinner and, and gossip. I feel like she should have skipped the other smaller events, though, like the dinner with Christina Kelly the night before with Sheena. Like she could have skipped all of that and then gone to this because I feel like this was more of one of the main events rather than the other smaller events. But this is a lot of like this is a full on itinerary for a wedding. And we're not even at the actual wedding yet. And this is the third episode about Mexico. Or we're approaching the third episode about Mexico. I think we're like two nights away from the wedding. Like, I don't think the wedding's the next day. Too many nights. Yeah. (laughs) And too much money. Imagine going, having to book your flight and book your hotel to go to, to Mexico. And then you have all these events. It's a lot. It is a lot. It, it is a lot. And you know, it's a, it's a lot for your second wedding too. Like I'm happy Sheena has found her happily ever after, but sorry. (laughs) Typically your second wedding is a smaller wedding. It's the, like, I already did the big thing. So like now it's just really about the love anyways. So yes. So we're at this party, Christina, Lala and Katie are overlooking everything as it's going on, which is just really funny to see the shot of them eating dinner. And we see the party going on. And it, but it does look like a good party. Schwartz comes over to... Okay. This is another thing. Schwartz coming over and like hiding behind a palm tree for what seemed like five minutes before Christina calls him out to come over to sit at the table and sitting down, asking the women to put to cover their ears. And they're like, we're grown women. We're not covering our ears. And to ask Katie if she can trim his underarm hair. It's so (laughs) cringe. Like, I just, I mean, I get it. He was trying to be cute by being like, okay, earmuffs, earmuffs. But like the earmuffs and the armpit hair, like you just, you can't do those things anymore. She's not your wife. You weren't a good husband. So she left you. You don't get the perks of having her trim your armpit hair. Also, I have armpit hair. It's not that hard to trim. You go to Manscaped, you get a a razor and it does the work for you. It's not that hard. Like, what is it that he needs Katie to do to trim his armpit hair? It was the most cringiest thing I had seen last night until I started watching Watch What Happens Live. It was so gross to like, it's just like, what was the purpose of this? Was he bored at the party? Like, why come over and ask for her to shave your arm after the dinner you had with her? Like, what is wrong with you, sir? Yeah, things did not end well. Did not end well. He leaves the table with his tail tucked between his legs. And in that moment, like Lala and Christina Kelly were like, bye, Schwartzy. And then realizing like we do, we're doing what he wants us to do. He does something outrageous. We feel bad for him. And then we forget how he treat, like how that affects Katie in the moment because he does the whole like, oh, shucks, what was me type game. And it was, he's just so intolerable. So intolerable. He plays like the whole puppy dog look, but it's like, you're not a puppy dog anymore. You're like 40. Like it's, it's not cute anymore. And like, at some point you need to learn how to be a backbone or find somebody that's willing to be the backbone in the relationship. But it's like, you know, he... I don't know. He has to figure his shit out. He needs to. And learn how to flirt. And learn how to flirt. Speaking of, so Sheena, Schwartz, Ariana, and Sandoval are talking and they're trying to convince Schwartz that it is time for him to move on from Katie. No more pet names. No more any of it. Like, get over it. Put yourself out there. Make out with somebody. And as soon as they hear, someone hears make out, Here comes Raquel. As Ariana said, she is like a dog with her ears perked (sighs) up and she prances over. And at this point, I can't help but like you're already flirting or have hooked up with or whatever it is with Sandoval. And now you're prancing yourself over to talk about hooking up with shorts. And 
then the two of them kind of go off on their own. And it is by far maybe one of the most awkward flirting conversations I've seen in a while on Bravo. And then they just start... They have no chemistry. No chemistry. No chemistry whatsoever. It wasn't cute. wasn't... It was just weird. It was awkward. And the kiss was weird and awkward. And just like, I was just waiting for it to be over. Like, I wasn't enjoying it whatsoever. It was gross. And that's kind of how the episode ends. And I'm just curious, Zach, now that we like see the optics of it, right? Where Katie is literally at the restaurant right over in eyesight of the party. And it is very obvious to me that Raquel has no interest in Schwartz. And Schwartz doesn't really seem to have much of an interest in Raquel. But it felt like Raquel was doing it at that moment for Katie to see. Did you feel that way? Yes. And I feel like she wanted to create a moment. She wanted to get back at Katie. And she it's probably because she was like upset with how Katie embarrassed her when she went to go tell her that she <laughs> couldn't come to the preferred pool or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure she was like, I'm going to get back at her now by kissing Schwartz. And it's like, it's so clear. They just don't have any chemistry. And Schwartz even said that, like, I think the day after the kiss happened, he said that like it felt like kissing his sister. So when you already envision somebody in that way, you don't kiss them. Yeah. You're not even drunk because you just don't like they're so friend zoned at that point. Yeah, it was a very strange thing to watch. And also Schwartz, you just got turned down from your armpit shaving and you just had your ex-wife walk out of dinner on you. Like what makes you think that this is going to help the situation anymore? And I get it. Like Sheena and Brock and all of them are like, make out with somebody. Yeah, you're single. You're in Mexico. Have fun. Have a one night stand. No strings attached. Don't make out with Raquel. It was just, it's bizarre all around. It's gross. And you know, it, it fulfills me in some way, knowing that we have so much season left to go. But I also am just so eager to get to the reunion and to hear what like everyone's thoughts about what is currently going on now. But we did get to hear Schwartz and give him, he gives his thoughts on what's Ooh, going yes. on now. And after this episode of Vanderpump, Schwartz was on Watch What Happens Live with Rob Lowe's son, which I feel horrible not knowing his first name. He's Rob Lowe's son. That's his first name. <laughs> Who was also a Vanderpump super fan, I guess. Are these people really super fans? Because I feel like Andy says everybody that comes into the clubhouse is super I'm like, do you really expect me to believe Gwyneth Paltrow is a super fan? Like, you know, everyone's a seem, Bravo super fan. He did seem up on his Bravo knowledge, but I will say, like, if I were a celebrity promoting something, I would not want to go on Watch What Happens Live the same night as a Vanderpump. Oh, yeah. Like, everything is going to be about Vanderpump. Nobody cares, like, yeah. take me on Tuesday, take me on Thursday, but not on Wednesday. Because <laughs> I can't talk about myself. <laughs> exactly. And even if I do, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I was just like, move along. Back to Schwartz. <laughs> but Schwartz did say some things. And, and I'm curious as to what stood out to you and what your thoughts are on some of the things that Schwartz said. The first thing that he said was Andy asked him, when did he know about the affair? And Schwartz replied that he knew about the one night stand in August. He found out about the one night stand in August. Now, the wedding happened in August. I believe it was towards the end of August. Sheena's wedding? Was it August or July? It was August. Sheena's wedding was August, like 20-something, I believe. So, to me, did the kiss happen in August? Like August 23rd. August, August 23rd. 23rd is when... So, at that point, Raquel had to have hooked up with Sandoval. Yeah, right? Because that's the end of August. Yeah. I, I would say the the probability of it happening between August 1st and 23rd is, is obviously higher than after August 23rd. So he says he learns about the one night stand in August. 
And he just believed that that was it after that, that it was just a one-time thing. Do you believe that? Well, the issue is, and Andy's like, you're giving me a word salad because the story kept changing. He's like, I found out about the one night stand in August, but then in the fall, I don't know what to say about that because I thought it would just become like an emotional affair. And then in January is when he tells me that he's in love with Raquel. And then he kept saying that it was linear. He was like, all of this is so linear. And we're like, what the fuck? No, he said it's not linear. He said it's not linear. And then that's when Rob Lowe's son was like, what does that mean? And he's like, it's not like, you know, again, what does that mean? August, September, October, November. Like what part is not linear? Like what part doesn't make sense? Sounds pretty linear. It sounds like they were linear when they were, you know, on top of each other. So I don't understand what about this is not linear. It all, there's a sequence of what happened. What is that sequence? Yeah. Especially if there's an emotional affair that you're aware of all throughout the fall leading up to January. So, yeah. So he claims again that this he learned about the one night stand in August. And apparently to him, he thought it was a one and done thing. So he didn't say anything. But that throughout the fall, there was some type of romantic, emotional affair happening from his understanding. And that in January is when Tom came to him and said that he was in love with Raquel. And so when he said after that point, he said it was basically like an open secret and that Tom was being very reckless about how he was dealing with this affair. All the while he claims that Sandoval told him that he had either broken up with Ariana, that he was trying to break up with Ariana, that things was over between him and Ariana, which none of that is true to our knowledge because as far as Ariana knew, they were still in a full-blown relationship and there was no breakup mentioned. Not only that, in all of his interviews, he's talking about how him and Ariana are so good and they don't have an open relationship and everything is great and like wild. Like how, like, I literally like cannot. And Schwartz, I'm like, how did you not know? And then he talks about how they went to Big Bear on vacation with Joe. And I'm like, then how did you not see it? You just thought like, and how do you think that this is appropriate? What I thought was interesting is that question, Schwartz didn't necessarily answer. Andy asked, or a fan asked, someone asked, who slept with who on that trip to Big Bear? And Schwartz was like, well, it was really a trip for me and Tom. And then I told Joe about it. So she came up and she brought Raquel. And so like at that point, like he didn't say Schwartz and like I slept with Joe and I shared a room and Sandoval and Raquel shared a room. Like he was being very like coy around that, which was really frustrating to me. And then the moment that, oh, as another, he says, Sandoval hasn't realized how bad the impact of all this has been. Like, I, how do you not realize that? <laughs> like, your life is fucked up. Like, I think he's so eager. He's literally on tour right now, Chelsea. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I think Schwartz is right by saying he doesn't realize the ramifications of all of this. Like, he's on tour and then people were like trying to throw beer on him at his St. Louis show. And he like doesn't get why. And Schwartz like, give him a hug, guys, if you see him out. Like, it's just like they're both so oblivious. The way like, yes, we shouldn't be pouring beer on people or trying right, to pour right, beer right, on right, people. Right. We shouldn't be doing that. But we also shouldn't be yeah, going up to go Sandoval to and show. give him a yeah. hug. And we shouldn't be going to a show. We shouldn't be if filling not, up Schwartz yeah. and Sandy's. Like, we shouldn't be doing a lot of things. I did go to Schwartz and Sandy's recently <gasps> just to feel it out. I did. <sighs> But I went to pump first. (laughs) I went there just to scope out, like they're saying, because they keep doing these interviews, right? That TMZ randomly catches at the airport or wherever. Mm -hmm. And they keep saying, oh, the effect on our business, the effect on our business. I'm like, let me actually go and see what the effect on their business is. And their business looks fine. Like the restaurant looks fine. Yeah. And Schwartz even said it was pretty busy for the most part. Yeah. If anything, this helped your your business even more because people now actually want to go there. People now know about it because they've heard about the scandal. But the location is a terrible location that I always predicted that it wasn't going to do well in that location. If anything, the scandal has saved them. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about going to Schwartz and Sandy's. I don't anytime soon. I think I'll still go to TomTom. I like TomTom. It's close to me anyways. And it's mostly owned by Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. Yeah. Less guilty. And it's still open. And it's still open. And then Schwartz says something that made me cringe. That Tom is, what did he say? He has ADHD and he gets super focused 
on one thing. And right now, the one thing he's focused on is Raquel. And the Raquel is his drug. Raquel is like his heroine. He needs it. He lusts for her. And I was just like, how can one lust for Raquel? Like, how yeah. can one be so Raquel, obsessed with Raquel? There is nothing Raquel there. is not. No, she's not heroin. She's like street crack. Like, yeah. she's not the good. The, she's not the good shit. She's like, you're addicted because you just happen to, you know, go down the wrong alley one day and shoot up and like, whatever. I'm, I just I feel like it, it's the thing it's, that's not good for you. Like, I think that's what it is. It's something that you should not have. It is the forbidden fruit that you should not eat. And for some reason, you are like so pulled in by it. But I just can't. I can't. Uh, I just don't see the initial think, attraction to begin with. Like, that's the hard part for me to like wrap my mind around. Forbidden fruit is too nice of a term to give her. Like, because forbidden fruit usually implies that it's like something good that you, that you lust over, that you want. And, you know, like, I just, there's not much there, you know? Like, she wants world peace and that's about it, you know? So I just, I feel like I don't understand what Sandoval sees in her other than somebody that he can control. You know, when the other cast yeah. members are talking about how like she's very impressionable and she's very easily moldable. And, you know, he was with Ariana for so long and Ariana is the complete opposite of that. She's not moldable. She's not somebody that gets pushed around easily. And I think he liked that with Raquel, she was like, you know, a puppy dog and she was just in adoration. Yeah. And again, Schwartz says that Sandoval is still lost in the sauce. I, he, 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 he also started the show with wrist weights on because he didn't want to touch his face and stuff. And another thing that was pointed out was, so he knew about the affair, Sant Schwartz, when they did their first Watch What Happens Live appearance. And someone asked, is that why you kept looking at Sandoval throughout that Watch What Happens Live appearance? Because you kept being asked about Raquel and you knew all this time that Raquel and Tom had hooked up or were hooking up or had something going and whatnot, which also to we're me is just in an, love. We're in love. And just also to me is another form. Wait, yeah, that is true. Cause what Vanderpump premiered in February. February? Yeah. So he knew that they were in love at this time. That's another fuck. Okay. That's so fucked up. Sandoval is letting Schwartz take yeah. all this fucking heat. No, all the yeah. while knowing he's the one that's in love with Raquel. Oh, that is just so. Even at one of his most recent Tom Sandoval on the most extra shows, I think the week before the scandal broke, he made Schwartz and Raquel get up on stage and kiss in front of everybody. He's like, who wants to see them make out? And then he made them come up on stage and kiss in front of the crowd. Okay, yeah, this is all like I... Uh, it's Schwartz so twisted. Is a, a tortured, tortured soul. My goodness, still like stand up for this guy. After, easily moldable that's what tom sandoval likes oh my god so gross uh, next week i guess we'll see the fallout from the kiss and i'm looking forward to who else andy's gonna have on watch what happens i hope he brings lala on lala or sheena they will they will give unfiltered information on watch what happens live so someone someone along i think those he's, lines. he's gonna save them for closer to the end mm. he'll probably have sheena on when the wedding airs but he's gonna save lala for like closer to the finale yeah i i need one of them i need one of them we'll probably have james and Allie next oh james would be good supposedly james is the one that got into it with shorts i think i i lean towards that theory of james and Schwartz i think so reunion. too yeah now summer house this episode is brought to you by pure leaf iced tea Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Zach, we haven't had you on to discuss Summer House whatsoever. So curious about your overall thoughts on the season, as well as your thoughts on this Danielle and Lindsay friendship fallout. Thoughts on the season overall, I would say underwhelming. And thoughts on the Danielle and Lindsay of it all, confusing. 
Like, I thought that there was going to be so much more to their fallout because that was so hyped up going into the new season. And I expected so much from them and from this feud. And we really haven't gotten much. Like, yeah, I guess we'll get into it. But like, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I, it's really hard for me to track and to try to understand. And I like, I think initially everyone going into the season thought that Lindsay was going to be the one at fault for this friendship breakup. And right now, to me, it's all on Danielle. And I also just don't understand Danielle's perspective as to why she's feeling so betrayed by Lindsay. I understand it. Oh, I can't wait to to hear. (laughs) I mean, okay, so girls night goes literally nowhere. Lindsay is upset that the first time she's hearing of Danielle feeling some type of way about their relationship and their friendship is at this group dinner. Gabby and Sierra, Gabby calls out Sierra and says like, I feel like you have not tried to get to know me. You lean more into your friendships that you already have. You seem guarded. Sierra agrees and calls Gabby arrogant. That was pretty much it. Like I was hoping for something there, but like, I'm not a Sierra fan. It's really hard for me to get on board with her. I'm like not seeing any personality from her. I don't get, I I mean, she's pretty, but like, I don't get anything else. So I thought this was cold. And for all the years in which they said that Lindsay was not a girl's girl or that she was not nice to the new girls and yada, yada, yada. And for Sierra to be acting that way is just rich to me. Like get out of your circle. Especially like they all like Paige, Sierra, like they all are just together and I I need more, I need more. Yeah, I feel like Paige and Sierra like complain about like Lindsay being a mean girl and she's not very welcoming and she's not very open to the new girls. And like, this is exactly what they're doing. They're exhibiting the exact behavior that they hate Lindsay for. And they're even trying to isolate Lindsay. And on top of that, they're isolating the new girls. And it's just like, you're becoming the mean girls that you used to like complain about. And it's just not fun. Like I used to kind of have this love-hate relationship with Sierra and Paige, but now I'm just like, I don't, I'm not interested in them anymore. Yeah. I'm not interested in them anymore either. Like Paige's Outfits aren't even fun to watch anymore. Like they're not doing anything exciting. I'm not that thrilled about the page and Craig of it all. Like Craig looked good yeah, this that's episode, lost. It's but like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm over them. But after the girls' night, Amanda and Paige tell Danielle that she is the supporting character. I thought this conversation too was just also them gassing her up to just hate Lindsay to take her, yeah, and to take her over. They have such like hatred for Lindsay and like listen I get it Lindsay's not the most likable but to me it comes off as jealousy like Lindsay is still the top dog in the group even though she doesn't really fit in with everybody and they don't like that they want to ice her out because now they've all been on the show for a while they all are strong friends and they just don't like Lindsay like at this point I don't even think it's that Lindsay does anything I just really think they don't like her they don't like and well that's the part that I think I'm the most confused about in watching all of this is that Yes, Lindsay has been a disastrous monster in the past. Like we've seen it. She's been activated. She's been mean. She's whatever. But this year, and even in Winter House, when they when they came to Winter House, she has been nothing but kind. She has been nothing but wanting to have fun. She has been like none of that. And and to have a relationship in the house, in the shared house that is not toxic and filled with like fighting and stuff like that like isn't that what you guys want like weren't you tired of having seasons of Amanda and Kyle just yelling at each other and crying every night and now you have two seemingly healthy relationships in the house and you're unsatisfied by the fact that Lindsay isn't drinking enough that she's not getting active like this I I thought this is what we all wanted was a Lindsay that was calmer and nicer and cooler to be around but now we're complaining that that she needs to drink more because she's not being true to herself like i don't get it (laughs) i don't get it either it's like they exactly they wanted her to change and then she changes and from what i see this is the best Lindsay's ever been it seems like she's in a really happy place in her life and rather than being happy for her they just like want to continue to shit on her now it just feels like they're ganging up on her because they really just don't like her. And it probably is like deeply rooted in some sort of insecurity or jealousy or something that she's triggering in them because there's nothing that she can do that will ever make them like her. Yeah. And as far as the Danielle aspect of it goes, and what I think I just don't understand, which I would love to hear your insight of this, is it feels like 
I don't know. Part of it is like Danielle needs to be needed. And I feel like because Lindsay doesn't need her to like support her or whatever, like she now has Carl. I feel like Danielle feels shunned by that. But like that just means your friendship can evolve into something better and not like be what it was. But I also just feels like she just wants a party friend. And and I think it was Lindsay in her confessional that says, you know, like Danielle operates like a single woman because Robert is always, he works nights and weekends and stuff like that, which I get like Dustin works nights and weekends. And a lot of the time I, I'm a homebody. So I stay home and read and watch Bravo. (laughs) But when I do go out, I like, yeah, I'm not the wild and crazy. Like I, I just, I think they have different ideas of what a relationship looks like and what a partner in a relationship looks like and I don't know what what is your take on on it because you said that you understand where Danielle is coming from so please enlighten me I think that her relationship is not fulfilling her Mm -hmm. and she was okay with being in that unfulfilling relationship because she always had Lindsay to be her emotional support system and she also had Carl to some extent as well And she was friends with both of them. And the thing is, when anytime your friend gets into a relationship, it's going to change the dynamic of your friendship. Danielle just doesn't want to accept that the friendship is different now. And I think she's jealous that Lindsay's giving more of her attention to Carl and Carl's giving more of his attention to Lindsay rather than either of them giving their attention to her because she already feels that in her own relationship. And these were supposed to be her friends that gave her what she needed or what she thinks she needed that she was lacking her relationship rather than seeing if I had a fulfilling relationship with my partner and if I had a a fulfilling relationship with myself, I wouldn't need my friends to be my main energy, you know, my main attention seeking, you know, whatever to go party, to talk to, to be a shoulder to cry on. Like they're still going to be there for her, but I just don't think she's willing to accept that they're not the friend, their friendships with her have evolved because they're now in a relationship and that dynamic has changed and shifted. And I just don't think she wants to accept that she wants things to stay the same. And it's just, it's not going to, and she just needs to deal with it. And I think Paige and Sierra see her in a vulnerable moment and they're like, we're going to capitalize off on this and we're going to really, you know, hammer this in. And like, yeah, Danielle's been a loyal friend. And yeah, Danielle's been a great friend. But at the same time, it's like, I think she's just doubling down on her loyalty now because she's afraid of losing Lindsay and she's realizing that that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I get all that. I guess it's just coming out in a way that is not that. And the fact that they haven't had a conversation like that yet. And she's talking to the girls about it. Yeah. Like it's weird. And, and I think they're filling her head with, you know, untru- like mistruths about Lindsay and how they view her. And that's just only yeah. fueling Danielle's fire about the situation. And even like Paige and Sierra, like, I think Paige was on the phone. Like she said, I can't wait to go and tell Craig what happened this weekend. Like something yeah. ha- like, like what the fuck happened? Like, it seemed like a good weekend and you guys are just reveling in the fact that like Danielle and Lindsay are at odds. Like that to me is just so mean and boring. Like you guys have done absolutely nothing this entire season except for try to weasel your way into this relationship. And it's I'm tired of it. It's old. Like do something better. Be more interesting. And also, why can't they be happy for Carl? Yes. Carl's happy and nobody's happy for Carl. Uh, That's what like makes. Yeah, that breaks my heart. Kyle and Amanda keep adding, you know, fuel to the fire as well. They're coming from the Carl side. Sierra and and Paige are coming from the Lindsay side. And it's like these two people. And it's probably because that's what triggers them is that they're two people that are that were best friends that developed a deeper connection and a deeper relationship. And they're in a relationship that makes them both happy. That's not fueled off of toxicity or off of alcohol. Whereas Kyle and Amanda's relationship is not that kosher. It's very toxic. And it's very much dependent on alcohol. Paige and Craig, I don't think, you know, from what we're seeing now, they don't have a perfect relationship. They're struggling with this long distance thing. And Craig isn't willing to buckle. And she's not willing to buckle. So she's not in a happy place. Danielle's not in a happy place with with Robert. So I just feel like and Sierra, you know, wants to be in a relationship, but she keeps choosing these bad guys and keeps hooking up with Austin. And so it just feels like, 
you know, they don't like that Lindsay and Carl are having this happy ending, especially because Lindsay's a part of it and Lindsay in their head doesn't deserve it. Yeah, it, it's very unfortunate. Those poor unfortunate souls. Yes. <laughs> um, the following weekend is Kyle's 40th birthday weekend. And the first night they go to dinner and speaking of Sierra and her choice in men, she seems to want to go after Corey this weekend. However, Sam also seems to want to go after Corey. She says to Lindsay, he's the most attractive guy that I've seen in a long time. And um, they seem to have been vibing at dinner. And we keep getting these cutaways of Sierra looking irritated that Sam and Corey are, are talking and having a good time with one another. I like Sam and Corey together. And as we now know, I think it's been in the press that Sam and Corey are an item. So I'm happy for them. I think they're a great couple. I think Sierra also likes to go after guys that she has to compete with. Mm. And then it gives her a reason, especially if it's with somebody she doesn't really like, because then it gives them a, gives her a reason to further dislike them. Mm. Interesting. Because we saw that with, with Austin, right? With and Austin. her and Lindsay had that issue. And I just feel like, and she kept trying with Austin. And I just, I feel like she is, you know, she has a self-fulfilling prophecy and that's why she's still single. Yeah, that is interesting. The episode ends. It's the morning of Kyle's 40th birthday party. Everyone's getting ready. Kyle and Carl, Kyle and Carl are filling the ice chest with lover boys and Kyle seems to like at this moment, they've like buried their whole work beef and whatever. And it's like, yeah, like I haven't really checked in on you and Lindsay, like how are you guys doing? Like this is, you know, new and lovey and blah, blah, blah. And like he kind of gives his his uh, approval of the relationship or says he's happy for him. And Carl's like, you know, my man, that really makes me feel good to hear you say that because I'm thinking about proposing to her at the end of the summer. And we get a I don't think we get it to be continued. I'm not sure. Maybe we did, but we get a mid-season trailer, which kind of gives me a little bit of hope that the summer might be going upward a little bit and better than the first half of the season. But overall, I'm I'm really looking for some clarity with the Danielle and Lindsay of it all. And I just want people to get out. I don't think we're going to get clarity. I don't think we're going to get clarity. I, I'm, I, I hope the reunions, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really frustrated with the season of Summer House. I'm frustrated with the cast. I'm frustrated with the fights. They don't make any sense. And I'm just curious, like, are there things going on off camera that we're just not seeing? Like, none of what, what is happening is making sense to me. It's hard to, it's hard to be invested in it. It's going to be Lindsay and Carl against the world at the reunion. <laughs> it's clear that nobody else in the cast likes them. And it's just weird because they're in a happy place in their life. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone just looks bitter at this point. Yeah. They look horrible and sad. I mean, and the season moving forward, it just looks like it's going to be a big party season, a big party fest. I mean, I'm hoping that it gets better because I feel like Summer House, I, there was so much hope for it this season. And we'll see what we can. Yeah, there was. I was looking forward to this season and now I'm just like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see but Zach it was such a joy chatting with you about Vanderpump and Summer House and watch what happens live all of it yes. uh, Zach where can people catch up with you because you've been covering a lot of this on your socials yeah you can follow me at Just Plain Zach or you can follow my podcast at No Filter with Zach and I cover lots of different reality TV tea spilling it fresh all week long so yeah, come and listen to No Filter with Zach Peter and catch me here on The Ringer. Yes. Regularly. Yes. Recapping reality TV. Yeah, Kardashians are coming back, guys. So we will be doing some Kardashian stuff, Zach and Amelia. And I do a weekly recap on the Ringer Reality TV Instagram account. So if you can't keep up with all the news every Friday, you can head over to our Instagram account, Ringer Reality TV, and get a recap of the juiciest headlines. Yes. So. You're always in the know. Always in the know. We got you guys covered and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.